here we are. And? Another, well, not and. Another and? You said you gave me permission to use I and. I gave you permission to use and, like, months ago. Right. You and I didn't take the chance then. The, the window is closed. Oh, I the didn't door realize. is closed. I didn't the realize it was closed. Opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. I Mini know. contest. What is that a line from? Anybody but Amanda. What Clue. is that a line from? Clue. If you're Amanda or Dan Fair, winner of the C Division, winner of the B Division. Oh, I think it's from a musical. Aha. It is from your favorite musical, Ryan. Into the Woods. That's correct. Oh, yes. That's right. I remember Opportunity that. Opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. The Baker's Wife sings that. Uh, maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I don't remember what character, so maybe. But look at me. This is Fill Me In, and this is episode 65. Here's the thing. 65. Does this mean we get to retire? We've made it to the 65th I think we get to watch. We do. And we get to retire. And we get to retire. Here's the thing. What is the thing? We've had some new listeners lately, new We've, viewers, yeah. and uh, they've contacted us to let us know that they don't know what the hell is going on in the show. Yeah, so we actually have taken some some liberties. efforts. Some liberties. Effort. No effort. <laughs> We've done some stuff to try to help people understand what's going on. Yes. Uh, we have a new uh, web page that helps explain it. It's like a little filmian uh, introductory course. What is that address? I believe it's at filmian.bemoresmarter.com. Yes. And uh, I don't know what else do we need to do. Should we? What? What is the show like? Why are we doing this show? I, I don't know if we know why we're doing this show. I'm Brian Simmet, and I have solved some puzzles, and I talk about things, and I own a microphone, and all of that means I'm allowed to do a podcast about crosswords. I am Ryan Hecht, and ditto. Okay, so we started doing this a year and a half ago to talk about crosswords while we were trying to get better at doing crosswords. And just things evolved, and now we talk about crosswords sometimes, and nonsense sometimes. And here's here's the, here's why why we think the show has evolved the way it has. Our show, the I would say eighty percent of the content from our show is user generated. It's true. It's dictated by what all of you tell us. If you say you like something, we try to do it more. If you say you hate it, we do it less. So I, I think that might be why some people tune in thinking that we're going to be talking about the weeks and crosswords in depth, and they get a little lost as to why that is. It might also be because on iTunes, I think it might still say that we talk about the week of crossword puzzles. Really? I, it might. Maybe we need to change we that. We probably do need to change that. Well, why don't we talk about what's going coming on on today's show? All right, what's coming up on today's show? Coming up on today's show, we have viewer mail, which is a regular segment on our show. That's right, it is. So we we do it every week. We're going to be talking about Lollapazoola 2, which is our crossword contest. That's coming up on August 22nd. Absolutely. And we're going to treat you to a somewhat substantial discussion of something actually crossword-related in a segment we call the Crossword Discussion of the Quarter Month. Yes, so all that and more coming up right after the music. So we're going to talk about Lollapazoola 2, the son of Pazoola. It is coming up too sweet. It's about three weeks away. August it's less than three weeks away. Less than three weeks away. It's August 22nd. That's a Saturday. Yes. Uh, and it's a crossword tournament. It's We've in got, Queens. It's in Jackson Heights, Queens at the church where Scrabble was invented. Cost costs $20 to enter. Yep. And you can find out information on our website. Uh, that's at lollapazoola.bemoresmarter.com. And we have uh, our list of constructors is Brian Simmett, Todd Brendan Emmett Quigley. Todd McClary. Todd McClary. Doug Peterson. Doug Mike Peterson. Nothnagel. Mike Nothnagel. Well, you're just going to repeat the I was gonna, We were going to alternate. Oh, okay, okay. You All start. Right. I'll start. To be. Or no. no. <laughs> oh, sorry. Start. Brendan Emmett Quigley. Todd McClary. Brian Simmett. Doug Peterson. 
Mike Nothnagel. Brendan Emmett Quigley. Peter Gordon. Septuple Thread. Septuple Thread. Is that everybody? I think so. If we've left you out, please continue to Now, construct. in addition to the crossword puzzles that make up the bulk of the tournament, um, there are also some other games happening. Uh, we have CrossCan coming to us from Canada uh, and is going to do a Family Feud-style game featuring information found within the podcast, Fill yes. Me In. Uh, not just this episode, but all the episodes. And that will all be scored uh, via the metric system. It will, because it's Canadian, so yes. we have to use the metric system for that. Uh, and I think Peter Gordon and Patrick Blindauer are going to perform some uh, talking Yahtzee live. Yes, yes. Uh, for talking I, slash scratchy Yahtzee. Yeah, I think we actually might do duplicate scratchy Yahtzee as a group, group of might. Could we be might. a lot of fun. Yes. So come. That you can uh, 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 uh Stop talking and snap. Viewer mail, opening it up. So this is the segment we call Viewer Mail. Yes. Uh, this is the part where you've written us emails, and then we read them out loud. <laughs> that what, that what? sums it up very nicely. Well, that, that's Very what, succinctly. <laughs> so this started, I think, because like way back in the second episode, we wanted to be the kind of show that people wrote to so that we could read their email on the air. And like we were so excited about that prospect, and then it started happening. And, and then one day we called them viewers, and then you started snapping, and now here we are. Exactly. But this is how it all grows. It's like you were saying before. This is the evolution. People write to us and tell us stuff, and then stuff happens. And then we keep And it. then you get a nickname, and then it's stuck. And, and, and you can't get out of it. You can't. You're stuck. Like You're Daniel stuck. Rosen, loser. It's a real shame. But <laughs> poor Daniel Rosen. Poor Daniel loser. Rosen. All right, so our first uh, viewer mail is from Jared Hirsch. Jared Hirsch. He titles his viewer mail, Debut Viewer Mail. Greetings, sirs. I am a new viewer uh, viewer of your Crodcast blog. <laughs> and this is my story. <laughs> now, you see, you made me. You were giving me funny faces. I'm not even looking at you. I have my back to you. I am a new viewer of your Crodcast blog word, and this is my story. I found the link to your interview with Jim Horn on his Wordplay blog, listened to it, enjoyed it, and, liking the idea of a crossword podcast, viewed your most recent episode. I was completely lost. I hadn't the foggiest idea what you were talking about, but somewhat enjoyed it anyway. That's very nice. I wasn't compelled to listen to the next one, having understood next to nothing you said except that Brian knows less than nothing about soup, but I did look for an earlier episode to try to dig into. I was still mostly lost and realized the only solution would be to start from the beginning, so episode one it was. Less than two and a half weeks later, I found myself having viewed every minute of every episode. It was a trying experience, but I feel that I've come through mostly unscathed, hopefully as a stronger person. First, we need to uh, this, uh, we applaud. Anybody who uh, could Jared do that. Hirsch, I think you join a very, very select few uh, of people who have actually listened to all the episodes. And you did it in two and a half weeks. Yeah, I don't know who else has listened to all of them. I know, know CrossCan Cross has listened to all of them. I believe Peter Gordon told us he listened to all of them. Didn't he start from the beginning? Yes. I think he, he says he started from the beginning. Uh, he continues, since I expect to be a regular contributor, here are a few fun facts. I, like David Stein, you met him at the ACPT, he was a... He has a class. He asked them, would you rather? And Mike Nothnagel, pen pal extraordinaire, constructor of the Friday Puzzle, teach mathematics. Like Moth Mike Nothnagel, it is of the college variety. Unlike Mike Nothnagel, I don't construct crossword puzzles, Fridays or otherwise. Uh, fact number two. Ryan's voice sounds disturbingly like Gilbert Gottfried's with a bit of Larry David thrown in. Best Jared, Jared Hirsch, Hirsch. Uh, is that what my voice sounds like? A little bit, yeah. 
Uh, well, thank you, Jared Hurst. It was quite an accomplishment to listen to all of them. It and, really is. And, and two and a half weeks. We're glad to have you on board, and we look forward to your I'm, next I'm mail. reminded of an old viewer mail. I'm just going to talk about it. Why not? Extemporaneously? From, uh, from my sister. Yes. You remember when my sister, this was back, we'd only done about 15 episodes, and I bugged my sister, why aren't you listening to my podcast? Uh-huh. And so then she listened to all of them, like in a week. Uh-huh. There's only 15 of them. And she emailed us saying, I've now listened to all 15 episodes of your show. I'm exhausted. <laughs> you remember that? I do. But yeah. I must say this. I had dinner with your sister last night. You did. And she is a regular listener. Yes, yeah, she, she is. She is caught up. She has listened. And she wants to write a viewer mail, so we read it on the air. Now, do you think maybe she's just, you know, screwing with you and she only listened to the most recent episode? No, to make no, you no. think she had listened to more? No, she has. She has talked about things that have happened in at least the last 10 episodes really yes that's impressive it was very impressive wow she's a fan she is at least of me she's a fan of you yes okay you she's not so crazy no i know (laughs) i have a viewer mail to read uh this viewer mail is entitled the ornery crossword it comes to us from mike nothnagel pen pal extraordinaire and constructor of the friday puzzle hello mike Mike says, hey guys, thanks for mentioning my ornery crossword in the July issue of Games. If you or any of your listeners liked that puzzle, I also have the ornery in the September issue, which just came out a week or so ago. On a related note, does anyone know why magazine issues come out so far in advance of the month printed on the cover? First Uh, of all, I don't remember any of our podcast stuff showing up in the July issue of Games. uh, I don't remember. Has this podcast already come out, like, weeks ago, and yet we're recording it now? Is that how? No, it's just magazines, I guess, that that happens. I guess that is what happened. Um, I don't know. So you're saying that in July, the September issue of Games came out. Um, I have no idea. I don't know why that's the case. I think I knew this once. I'll tell you, I looked this up because... uh, well, basically, because nobody's answering our questions these days. We'll get days. to that in just a oh, couple Oh, yeah, we seconds. will. Sure we will. So I don't know why magazines come out way before the date printed on the cover. I have no clue, but they do. Does anyone know? Can anyone answer this question? Please. Please, because we need to know and we don't. Thank you. Uh, now, but check out the su- September issue of Games and check out uh, Mike Nathanagel's Ornery Crossword. This is one where you have a set of hard clues and a set of easy clues, and in the magazine you fold over the page so you can't see the easy clues, and you try to do the whole thing with the hard clues first. I think it's like a 25 by 25. Mm-hmm. It's a monster. It's it's fun, though. It's awesome. It doesn't seem to me that that would be the world's most ornery crossword, though. Well, the clues are really hard. I know, but, but the world's most ornery crossword, to me, would not have an easy set of clues underneath the fold. Okay. Don't you think? Maybe. But Mike Nothingle didn't name it. He just no, it's a long-standing uh, column in games. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's been I, there forever. I, I don't mean to uh, cast aspersions on it. Okay, no aspersions. But you know back. who what who is who's who I will cast aspersions on. Who's that? Sammy the dentist. Yeah, Sammy. What what's going on? Sammy really? had a coup. What's up? We had a coup. Yeah, Sammy, you stole the Oracle title from Mike. Nothnagel he wanted to like do answers ago. of the week. Yeah. So the first week you sent us answers, they only sort of answered one thing and answered it kind of partly wrong. It was about the lion and the Wizard of Oz. And you were corrected by Ray Hamill, who didn't even know you. Right. And then the next week, you answered Manhattan Henge, which, which isn't a question. Not a question. It's just a thing that happens. Right. And then the next week, last week, you didn't do anything. Now, granted, we had Peter Gordon last week, and Peter Gordon knows everything, so we didn't have many questions last week. Maybe that's Sammy's excuse. I don't. I don't. For right now, for me, the answers of the week position is open. I really. I think it is. I think everybody, please apply. I'm not going to officially fire Sammy, 
Because, I mean, he, if he comes up with some answers of the week, then I'm going to dock his pay, though. Well, don't, oh, absolutely. The pay is docked. Yeah. The pay is docked. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting like 20% of your salary. The anchor has been lowered, and the pay is docked. Okay. Is the pay like your yacht? Well, yeah. The, you, don't that, you dock a yacht? I don't know. Do you? I've never had a yacht. I'd like to like a yacht. Okay. What rhymes with yacht? Uh, I'm foreshadowing. Oh, I'm are foreshadowing. you? Foreshadowing. Okay, uh, yacht uh, rhymes with uh, clot. <laughs> it does. Okay. Can you can you put that into a two line lyric? Uh, no, I'm not a lyricist. We need to hear from somebody who's a lyricist. Somebody put that. that into a two line lyric. Yacht, yacht and, and clot. clot. Yeah. So they rhyme. If there's anybody who listens to our show who writes lyrics on the side. Uh, send us a lyric that uses those two words, Even if please. you write lyrics in the front. Yeah, even if you write lyrics on anything. Yeah. Front, back, side, inside, outside, upside, downside. I don't feel very good. <laughs> wow. That was the worst Dr. Seuss book ever. <laughs> inside, upside. I don't feel very good. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh, our laugh. next viewer mail is from Tim Schlender <laughs> or Terry Swanson. That's the name that came with it. Tim Schlender or Terry Swanson. Okay. And her... Uh, her <laughs> Tim or Terry. Okay. Oh, all right. I'm assuming Terry is a, is a man. Like Terry... So then who's her in this scenario? Tim? Oh. <laughs> I thought the or might have been. Isn't the or a female conjunctive? Yeah, it is. A conjunctive... <laughs> Conjunctivitis? I think it's a conjunction. Isn't that pink eye? Conjunction. Oh, conjunct. Oh, you're right. Didn't you ever watch Schoolhouse Rock? Conjunction, junction. What's your function? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. The title of their email yeah. is, when is it cheating? Oh, when is it cheating? <laughs> and cheating is in quotes. Is that like if you use tongue, does that make it cheating? I mean, if it's just a peck on the cheek, that's not cheating, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure exactly what they're talking about. Okay. Uh, they okay. say, I just stumbled upon your blog. I never knew something like this existed. I have a question. When you state the amount of time it takes to complete a puzzle, does that include using dictionaries, websites, etc.? My parents were addicted to the New York Times puzzle, but they only used a crappy Webster's Dictionary to search out their answers. I feel guilty, in quotes, using the computer. But there's no way I could get all those answers on my own, especially the pure factual names clues. <laughs> what is your method or cyst? Cyst, cyst? cyst is spelled S-Y-S-T and is also in quotation marks. It's either a misspelling of like a, a skin lesion or it's short for system. <laughs> and so Tim Schlender and Terry Swanson sign off regards Tara. Whoa, now hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Somebody somebody like Cross Can or Jared Hirsch or Peter Gordon or me flashback like 30 episodes when we got email from Marty and Cindy K who signed their email Tara. Right. Who is this now? I don't know. Tim or Terry is Tara? I don't know what's going on. What, so if it's ever two people who we don't know who they are, it's from Tara? It's from Tara. I think this might this might be a joke. This it could email. be a joke. I don't know if this is for real. Uh, it seems awfully uh, like joyous in having discovered us uh, <laughs> when there are other blogs that do the whole blogging thing for years before we ever showed up on right. the scene. Uh, so should we answer the question? Sure. What's our... When you state the amount of time it takes to complete a puzzle, does that include using dictionaries, websites, etc.? No. 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 If we, if we no-googled the puzzle, that means we, we did it without looking anything up, and that's how long it took. Right. Uh, and, and what is... What, Brian? Yes, what is, Brian. What is your method or cyst? 
Uh, well, I had a, a cyst removed. Le- no, wait, that's not what we're doing, right? Um, my method for what? Solving or for avoiding Google? Yes. Um, I, I, I tend to print out the puzzle and put it on a clipboard and solve it while I'm lying in bed. All right. So there's no computer near me. I can't look anything up. I'm forced to do it until it's done. Okay, that's a good cyst. That's my cyst. What's your cyst? My cyst is I usually, uh, I would say six times out of seven in the week, I do it on the uh, applet and uh, try to solve the whole thing. All right. Well, that sounds like a reasonable cyst. That's my cyst. Excellent. Thank you, Tara. So those are our cysts. If anybody else would like to email us with their cysts, please do. rbxblog at (laughs) gmail.com. All right. Our last uh, email is from... uh, Amanda Yesnowitz, the unparalleled, parallel verse engineer, is shining light to us all. And in this particular email, I will be playing the part of Brian, and Brian will be playing the part of Amanda. <clears throat> R&B, just wanted to chime in on your discussion about symmetry. The first thing that came to my mind was musical theater lyric writing. There are certain rules you must follow in order to be taken seriously. Perfect rhymes, correctly stressed syllables, natural speech patterns, consistent parallel structure. Mm. Once you show that you understand these rules, then and only then can you break them. Cole Porter did it, Larry Hart did it, Irving Berlin did it, but they did not do it out of laziness or ignorance. It was purposeful, for effect, just as Brian suggested. Signed, UPVE. That's shining light to us all. Well, she didn't sign it that way. She just signed it UPVE. Now, Amanda, uh, let's point this out, is a fantastic lyricist. Yes. For anybody who listens to our show who was at the ACPT this year, Amanda did that Ken Ken song, that whole thing. She wrote the whole thing. Just brilliant. Didn't she write on a piece of toilet paper? I don't know about that. But she wrote it inside, upside, outside, downside. <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> uh, Amanda and I have actually written some songs together, in yeah. fact. Yeah. her She writes just wonderful lyrics. But she's absolutely right. This is about a conversation we had a couple weeks ago about the symmetry of black squares in a puzzle and that it was aesthetically pleasing and why do we do it and does it improve the solving experience. And she draws a similar parallel to what I drew, which, which is to, uh, you know, another art form. Uh, mine was to music composition. Hers is to lyric writing. That there are certain rules of structure and organization that when you follow them, the end result is more satisfying. I think both for the creator and for the, uh, in the case of a song, the listener. In the case of a puzzle, the solver. I think you're right. I think uh, it's, 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 it's please, I mean, it's something that you can't articulate clearly i certainly i can't no but but it's a visual in my experience when it does not meet these standards of uh, these structural standards that have become expectation you know i get to the end of it i'm like yeah well you know that was fine but it it didn't look right or didn't sound right or there was something amiss so i you know i'm not as impressed and therefore i'm not as satisfied it's not as much fun but then how do you – why are you satisfied by things, by puzzles, by, by great advanced constructors that break those rules? How are they breaking them in a different way? Well, because they're breaking them on purpose. They're not just breaking them because they want to stick a six-letter word in where a five-letter word should go. They're breaking them because they have some reason. There's a structure in mind that, uh, that, that, that takes priority over, you know, the rotational symmetry. Mm-hmm. 
like Joe Crozel does this a lot uh, when he did it most recently, I guess, with that broken heart right. looking grid. And it was because there was that entry. I mean, it was a themeless puzzle, essentially, but there was that two part entry that was the name of a city that translated to broken heart. Right. And so the grid looked like a broken heart. And uh, that design, it was on purpose that it looked like that. And that made it, I think, more important than rotational symmetry. So Agreed. it was still satisfying. He broke yes. the rule for a significant reason. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Good. And I agree with Amanda. Now, I think in, in Amanda's line of work, writing lyrics, I, I think that you might break something once in a while in order, because it, it, you know, it changes the humor of a punchline, perhaps. Mm -hmm. If you break a certain rule and it makes the joke significantly funnier, then it might be worth breaking that rule. Not just to cheat your way into a joke that you can't otherwise tell, but because breaking the rule sets it up in a funnier way. Maybe you would do that, mm -hmm. you think. And can, when you're, you're listening to music, can you immediately tell? Can you articulate, oh, this, when you see, hear somebody who's broken a rule, can you immediately tell, oh, well, I can see why they did that? Uh, yeah, or can you can you also tell oh, again well, again just... it's not it's not so much rules as standards I think is mm -hmm. a better term than rules, uh, but yeah sure I could listen to things and think you know oh that's a very unusual choice or or you know or that's never done you, you never do X Y or Z and I can hear from doing it either wow they don't know what the hell they're doing or oh that's a really cool thing they just did because they broke the rule on purpose so it's a subtle difference but it it. I think it is a very subtle difference. But it, it, it's very... But I think it's an important difference. I, I think so as well. Yeah. Viewer mail, closing it up. That was a long viewer mail. It really was. We really need to get going. Yeah, let's move along because this right. is getting too long. The contest. Yeah, so what what do you want to read uh, last week's contest? quickly sum up last week's contest. Please do. It was number 76. Yeah, so read along. Open up your hymnals. Uh, what is the only common uncapitalized seven-letter word in which six of the seven letters use the same number on a telephone dial? For example, the word Kabbalah, C-A-B-B-A-L-A, -A -A, on a telephone would be 222-2252. But the answer is a more familiar word than that. This, is, of course, is from Will's book, Will Schwartz's book, The Puzzle Master Presents, Volume <clears throat> 1. So we got, a, we got a number of answers uh, people sent in uh, their, their submissions for this. And... Uh, we are going to turn to our friends at random.org uh, to help us choose a winner. So if you have with you your your Later Austrian costume of your own choosing, please apply it now. Uh, yeah, so who's our winner? Our winner is Keith Murray. Keith Robert Murray. Keith Murderer. Robert Murray. Now, <laughs> Keith Robert Murray Murderer. Yeah. Uh, Keith R. Murray says, hello, Ryan and Brian. I have an answer for the contest in podcast number 64. Uh, his answer is monsoon. The numbers would be 666-7666. And then he goes on and explains how he came up with the answer. And this is just both fascinating and confusing. Uh First, I went through all of the three-letter combos on the phone and eliminated ones that seemed unlikely. ABC, unlikely, already used in the example. DEF, possibly, very common letters. GHI, unlikely, the G and H make it too difficult. JKL, unlikely, even with a vowel, it is too weird. 
MNO, possibly very common letters. PRS, possibly very common letters. TUV, unlikely with a V, no way. WXY, no, no, no. This breaks it down to DEF, MNO, or PRS. Part two, based on my experience with cryptograms, I would say that an S, <laughs> T, or another vowel would be best. Part three, I could say that I just played around with my letter choices and came up with monsoon, but in reality, I wrote a small program in the Perl programming language <laughs> and fed it a list of seven-letter words I keep around. Hey, don't you have word lists hanging around on your PC? Seriously, here is the program. And then he goes on and, and he sent us the Perl script for this. I do not speak Perl, so I don't understand it at all. It looks very impressive, though. It looks extremely impressive, uh, and I don't know how any of it works. But... And then uh, he tried it out, and uh, it worked, and now he says, I'm thinking about writing my own crossword constructing program. The last time I tried constructing a puzzle by hand, it was a long, laborious task. If I actually make any progress on this, I'll let you guys know. By the way, not only do I have three first names, but I also have three last names. But I don't have any psychopathic tendencies. Signed, Keith Robert Murray, Murderer. Ah. So congratulations, Keith. Uh, let us know what you would like to win as your prize. Yes, Scratchy Yahtzee is always available. Oh, yes. Uh, but otherwise, anything else, you just email us and we'll send it to you if we have it. And uh, we just we did get a quickly we did get a couple of other alternate answers. Yeah, a couple uh, of people sent us gigging. Gigging. Yeah, uh, which, which works. Sure, gigging is is a correct answer. Uh, June Pock, Squirrel of Discord sent us FedEx. FedExed, very very cool. A couple of people thought of the eight letter word defended, but of course we were looking for a seven letter word. And possibly our favorite one from Neville, uh, our Fogarty Squishy defeated. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Which is the sound I think a rabbit makes when it eats. I think it's the sound anybody makes when they and eat. And we have an accompanying... Something that's pretty, particularly yummy, you might nom, nom, nom. We have a photograph that we will we will. Yeah, we have a, yeah we'll put the, the picture up there of a bunny nom, nom, nomming away. So Thank you, Neville Fogarty. Congratulations, Keith R. Murray, murderer. And uh, this week's contest. Yes, this week's contest comes to us courtesy of Doug Peterson, crossword gentleman and man about town. Doug has designed for us a crossword puzzle... Hidden within the puzzle is the contest. Uh, there are a series of letters within the grid that are circled, and if you unscramble the circled letters, you get the name of a crossword celebrity. Yes, you do. So send us the name of that crossword celebrity. And you win. And, uh, well, send us the name and you qualify to you win. You are eligible to yes, win. exactly. Yes. Uh, but that's, uh, that's the competition. Fantastic. Yeah. So thank you, Doug. Uh, our next uh, segment here is the crossword discussion of the quarter month. And this discussion is going to center around the Martin Ashwood Smith puzzle of this past week, Saturday, August 1st. I believe he's Australian. Martin Ashwood Smith. So uh, so you're going to be coming to Lollapazoola then, is that right? Why Australia's not? right around the corner. It's uh, winter there. It's around the corner, the Pacific Ocean corner. And the rest of America <laughs> corner. And France. <laughs> France, <laughs> England, and London. <laughs> right? Was Something it France, like London, and the rest of England? It Maybe is that. Uh, um, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about, um, we're talking about word counts. We're going to talk about word counts. And this Martin Ashwood Smith puzzle had a relatively low word count. It had a lot of you know, long-ish words, very, very few three letters. What was uh, the word count? Uh, you know what? I don't know it off the top of my head. Why don't you say something fun about the puzzle while I look it up? Uh, it was a good puzzle. It had it had, had a lot of words in it, but not too many. Six, it had Sixty-six words. Sixty-six words. That's, that's fair. That's, you know, it's not super low, but it is low-ish. What was the, the word count for Monday's puzzle, just as a comparison? Just as a comparison? Uh, Monday was what, July 27th? Sure. 
Uh, Monday's puzzle had 74 words. So lower than Monday. And 34 blocks. This one had 66 words and 30 blocks. You might think the fewer the blocks, the more the wor- I mean, the fewer the words, and that's often the case. Uh, this puzzle, if you did this puzzle and you're looking at the grid, you'll see those two single black squares that sort of break up an otherwise wide open corner in the northwest and the southeast. Um, I traded some emails with Martin about this puzzle. He said he first tried a version that didn't have those single black squares, but it made the fill kind of clunkier. It is very difficult to come up with a quality fill with such a low word count, with, you know, words, so many words of, like, more than three and four letters. Well, this, those, those wide open spaces, it's very, I don't know how anybody does it. Yeah, it's really, really, it's really a bear. I was looking at Jim Horn's site, xwordinfo.com, and he tracks things like the lowest word count, the lowest black squares, and so on. And he also does this freshness factor, right. this number that he calculates based on how frequently the words in your puzzle have shown up in previous puzzles. And... Maybe it's no surprise, the lowest word counts seem to record the highest freshness factors. Uh, I guess because you have to really reach out for some either obscure things or variant forms of words or odd titles or whatnot to make those wide open spaces work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the high word count puzzles tend to have very low freshness factors because they have lots of three and four letter words that you see them over and over and over again. Well, it seems like there are constructors that seem to specialize in low word count yep. puzzles, high freshness factor, and to bring back what we were talking about earlier, breaking the standards. Yep. Those three things true. seem to go, go hand in hand. And and, and I think, uh, 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 what's his face? What is his face? Uh, what is his face? The one that we were talking about earlier. With the, uh, uh, Joe Crozel. Joe Crozel rhymes with puzzle. I, I from what he from what I've gleaned from his correspondence, it's it's a it's it's boring to him to create a standard puzzle. Normal puzzles are of no interest for him to construct them. Okay. He likes to con- he likes to break the standards. He likes to have new words, new terms, sure. new phrases. You know, Brendan Emmett Quigley has talked about that and always wanting to get new stuff in there. Uh, that and that's part of why he does his own blog and three puzzles a week is he can get away with some new stuff that otherwise might not fly at the New York Times. Right. Uh, and and that's, you know, that's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to pull that off. So how how, how do you guys construct these? You, you guys who specialize in this kind of thing, how, how does that work? I know we've heard about the keyword. Somebody, you come yep. up with a keyword and you build a puzzle around that. Sure. Does, does the keyword start on a blank grid and then you start adding the black squares and, and working that way? Yeah, or what you, is that process? Do you have a grid and you start, you put in your keyword and then you work that way? So Tell us. If you're listening to this and you construct low word count, high freshness factor puzzles uh, and you have a moment out of the rest of your day to email us, then you should do it. rbxblog at gmail.com. Give us a holla. Yeah. And if you're Frank Longo and you live on a 25-hour cycle, uh, you know, right stay now. up 26th hour one of these days and write to us. Uh, Let us know what you think. 26th hour. Wasn't Johnny Depp in that? Uh, Edward Norton. Monday, July 27th, by Alan E. Parrish. Today, Alan E. Parrish put himself in the puzzle. Have you ever put yourself in a puzzle? No, but I put myself in later hosen. Oh, well, you, you look pretty sharp. Tuesday, July 28th, by Tony, yes, Orbach. 
Uh, this puzzle was full of diminishing expectations. Maybe you know. I was thinking maybe we should change the name of the podcast to Diminishing Expectations. <laughs> what do you think? I think that that. Let's ask Jared Hirsch <laughs> if he felt that way over the course of sixty-five episodes. Wednesday, July 29th, by Tim Westcott. This was all about awful baseball teams. Yes, indeed. So the Los Angeles Dodgers. No, 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 uh, no. The 2006 Los no, Angeles no. Dodgers. No, no, the, the no, no. 2004 Los Angeles Dodgers. Moving on. Thursday, July 30th, by Ashish Chon Vonsathorn <laughs> Vengsarkar. This was full of four-letter words. Four these letter these words. were absolutely awesome. O's. Bs, T's, O's. E's. O's and E's? Those aren't words. Those are just, you're just moaning. You're O's. Just, you're just voweling. O's. You're a vowel maven. <laughs> Amanda, move over. Buzz, would you buzz, please? There you go. Friday, July 31st by Mike Nothnagel, pen pal extraordinaire, constructed the Friday puzzle. Uh, Bazooka Joe. What do you know about Bazooka Joe? It's bad bubblegum. It's horrible bubblegum and even worse little comic strips. Yeah, it's horrible. Never funny. I think the gum. I'm sorry. I already buzzed. But yeah, I'm but go on, please. <laughs> it was a premature buzzing. Yeah. Uh, I think the gum rubs off in the comics and makes them worse. I think it really does. It must take away the humor. Uh, Saturday, August 1st by Martin Ashwood Smith. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, crossword Dundee. <laughs> right? Okay. Because he may or may not be Australian. <laughs> he may or may not be. Have you, have you, here's a question for you. Have you ever been bitten by a gerboa? No, but I once got tackled by someone whose last name was Gerbassi. <laughs> Does that count? I guess so. Okay. Sunday, August 2nd by Patrick Berry. At my college, we had a fraternity called Eclectic. What Greek letter is eclectic? Eclectic. We really did have a fraternity called eclectic. What was the symbol? It was, uh, they were all very goth. <laughs> oh, so they, you weren't in this. No, no. Were you just, goth? No. Did I was wear, not goth and I was makeup? not. No, I didn't wear makeup and I wasn't in a fraternity. Did you dye your fingers? Did I dye my fingers? <laughs> I just read an article that uh, rats can become unparalyzed from certain problems with blue food coloring, but it also turns them blue. So they have, like, blue paws. So, wait, they come back to... Yeah, they're paralyzed, and then they come back to life and suddenly have blue paws. Paralyzed.